0: Bobby,
1: who is this?
0: As you watch the screen, your heart begins to beat faster. There's a fluttering in the pit of your stomach. Your throat is dry. Your palms damp. Suddenly a chill runs down your spine. You clutch the person next to you. You tell yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. But sooner or later, it's time to...
1: Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And this is our review of A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Or as I like to think of it, I was a teenage Freddy Krueger. Starring Mark Patton, Kim Myers, Robert Russler, Clue Gulliger, Hope Lang, and Robert England. Directed by Jack Shoulder, released in 1985, less than a year after the other one came out, on a budget of $3 million, grossed 29 dollars at the box office. $29.9
0: million, I should say, at the box office. So...
1: Uh, you know, comes out less than a year after the
0: first first you time. They, you think they had the idea they're going to do a number two here?
1: No, uh, it was the it was the success of the first one that moved it into production quickly. Uh, Robert That's Shea really says that. Fast. Yeah, Bob Shea said quickly uh, we wanted to get something out there, and they went with a first time screenwriter here. They loved the draft of what he had, and said, yeah, we'll go with it. And, you know, Jack Shoulder had directed a few of the things at that point. I've only seen one of his other films, Wishmaster 2. It's awful. Uh, but it is kind of <laughs> it is kind of funny because there's a scene where uh, the Wishmaster basically makes the worst things come true that you could wish for. And a guy in prison says, I wish my lawyer would screw himself. And the lawyer comes to visit him oh, and you see, the, you see the legs sort of Turn around and screw the lawyer, which is hilarious, uh, but it's dumb. It's it's dumb, but I distinctly remember seeing this on video. Now, when it came out, I didn't see it in theaters, but my dad and I had both liked that first Nightmare on Elm Street, and so Mm -hmm. when we saw this one in in the video cassette aisle, he said, yeah, let's try that, and we both watched it, and I remember giving up on Freddy after this for like 10 years. Like, I didn't watch another Freddy sequel until New Nightmare, and it wasn't until after that, after New Nightmare, when I was in college, that I went back and watched three, four five and and i didn't see six until years later so uh, yeah it it is that there was something about this one that i don't know i guess i expected more of the same and it it certainly doesn't give us that i don't think it it switches a lot of stuff and yeah i just uh, i don't know
0: i i don't remember what it was that i didn't like about it initially yeah i think it's the the way that the first one ended you expected it to pick up where it left off and it didn't it just kind of flashed forward
1: I agree with that. I think it it is some of my Halloween tuness coming in there that I, I kind of thought, well, that's what they'll do because that's what the smart ones do, and and then they, you know, they clearly didn't. And they did something Friday the Thirteenth didn't even do because Friday the Thirteenth was notorious for just picking up right where it left off too, and this one didn't do that. It's it's a new story. Yeah, or I thought at the time, well, it's going to be a new story each time with Freddy in it, which isn't a terrible idea in and of itself. But I, uh, I wasn't sure this was the way I wanted it to go. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't latch onto this one. And it was years later when I rewatched it that I developed any kind of appreciation
0: for it. Yeah. And I never saw this one in the, you know, like we, we've already talked about before. Um, we kind of picked up after that new nightmare came out. We kind of picked up the box set from the store and then watched them in order. So I never had that experience. I never watched the first one and got hooked on it and then watched the second one and got disappointed. I just kind of went through them all. So this is just one of the blips on there. I remember thinking, well, this is kind of weird that we're, we're going to go into a whole different story. And then when you see number two or three and you're like, um, okay. So yeah, it just felt weird. But yes. I didn't have that same experience because I didn't watch them when they came out. I just kind of, you know, went with everything in order.
1: Right. Yeah. Because you picked it this the series late and, and maybe the smarter way to have done it. Like I said, I don't know that I was even so much disappointed as I just I didn't really uh, get what I liked out of it. And again, at that point, I'd kind of staked my claim and slasher them. And I also at that point in life, I didn't think there would ever be another Halloween film because there were three and I thought that was all I was ever going to have and I was left with the Silver Shamrock cult and scratching my head you know (laughs) so I mean I you know I didn't know that I'd ever get another one but those first two I was like yes these are the you know great and there was a Friday the 13th like every 12 minutes it seemed like so you know I thought well I can I can always pick up on those later but no this this one is definitely different and I made that joke in the opening that I call this you know I was a teenage Freddy Krueger I actually went back and watched the old 1957 Michael Landon starring I was a teenage werewolf because I had been told before that if you watch that film and then watch this one you you get a different appreciation for it, and oh my stars, that is exactly correct <laughs> we 're going i 'm going to talk about it in this i 'll actually give a, a slide review of I was a teenage werewolf because there 's so much whether intended or just the magic of synchronicity uh, that happens, that is so um, common between those two films, I, it's it's amazing to me. I assume you've never seen the Teenage Werewolf film. No, I have not. It's on YouTube for free. It's an hour and 10 minutes. It's totally worth the investment in it. You know, especially if you like old, like, b-roll monster pics and stuff. It's, you could watch it with your kids, man. Like, it, they would probably think it's hilarious. So, but, uh, it, anyway, it's, uh, especially if, like, they've ever seen Michael Landon and anything else, because it's so weird to watch him not be like this, you know, masterful angel, hu- angel human <laughs> being, like the greatest human that ever lived, right, or whatever. Right. But, but uh, you know, he's, he's he's most definitely trying to do James Dean or something in that movie. But anyway, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, well, I think before we go any further, though, a plot summary would do us
0: well. So, Brian, do us the honors. Tell us what happens in Freddy's Revenge. Oh, joy. Jesse Walsh and his family have moved into Nancy Thompson's home five years after the events of the first film, and Jesse is plagued by nightmares of Freddy Krueger, who says he needs Jesse for some, quote, special work. Jesse's nightmares worsen, and sure enough, bodies start piling up, including his gym teacher. When Jesse feels Freddy start to take over while he and his would-be girlfriend, Lisa, are making out at a pool party, he runs to his friend Grady's place, where Freddy emerges and slaughters him. Lisa realizes Jesse's fears are feeding Freddy, but they can't stop Freddy from coming out and attacking the pool party goers. Lisa and Freddy face off in an abandoned factory, and when she professes her love for Jesse, aww. He is able to defeat Freddy, who crumbles to ashes, allowing Jesse to be free. As Jesse and Lisa and some friends are taking the bus to school the next day, Jesse starts to notice a familiarity to the scene and an earlier nightmare. Lisa calms him down, and just when all seems normal, Freddy kills one of the friends and drives the bus into a field just as the opening nightmare began. And that is our plot summary for A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge.
1: Yeah, lots of things to start talking about with this one. Well, I the think.
0: first thing I want to talk about is the name of the film. Freddy's Reve- It doesn't seem like Freddy's Revenge to me. Does it seem like Freddy's Revenge to you?
1: I have struggled with the name of this forever, and the only thing I think that that it exists for is, I th- I, I have no document of this, I couldn't find any proof of it anywhere, but I kind of feel like that's a studio thing to go, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are the Freddy movies. And they kind of wanted to put that out there because what Bobby, would Bob Shea, the, the producer, realized is that his star was Robert England, not mm-hmm. Nancy, not anything. And, and the other thing was, I want the same house and I want the same bad guy back and so the revenge part i think comes from two things the studio wanting to remind people who freddie was and then the the fact that it's supposed to be five years later we've got nancy's diary all over this and this is how Freddy's going to get revenge is he's going to come back but instead of attacking people through their dreams this time he's going with the possession angle yes yeah, um, t- to me yeah.
0: to me freddie's revenge is every movie Like Right. The first one was his revenge. Yeah. He was murdered and he's getting his revenge by attacking people in their nightmares, right? Right. To me, that's Freddy's revenge. So This doesn't make any sense. If he's trying to get vengeance for what Nancy did to him by turning her back on him and and really didn't do anything because, as we saw at the end of the first film, didn't really vanquish him. So what's his revenge for? I I just don't understand.
1: I can also say that this was a time in horror movies when if you had a number you needed a colon with like a, another title underneath it. Like all the Friday the thirteenth movies. Freddy's
0: back or Freddie Returns.
1: Well, they'll get to they'll get to just leaving with Freddie <laughs> later on. But I mean nineteen eighty five was right after the fourth uh, Friday the 13th film had come out and it was just billed as Friday the 13th, the final chapter, you know, and yeah, then the next so one was going to be that. called, and the next one was going to be called A New Beginning, which they already knew about. And so, uh, I mean, you know, they, they, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, they were looking for something. This is what horror movies did at the time is they all had a, a title after the thing. I mean, Hellraiser 2 did that, except they just reversed it. It went Hellbound Hellraiser 2, you know, instead of the other way around. But either way, it was the same. The, they were just trying to remind people what it was. I'm with you. Every movie's Freddy's Revenge in my thought. Um, this is the only time, though, I think we see him pull this angle, and that you know, and you may think, well, what the heck does this got to do with your teenage werewolf comparison, Jay? Because that's not possession. Well, in the teenage werewolf movie, it kind of is, because it, it's a doctor working behind the scenes who has some unscrupulous uh, scientific methods and stuff like that that essentially infects this kid to see what it would do to him, basically, and he uses him to also like prove a point. He's, almost like he makes the monster to, to prove to a point of how, you know, bad humankind is or whatever. This is in 1957, too. I mean, holy cow, think about nowadays what you'd do uh, if you thought it was bad then. But I, the, the, the idea here is we're going to flip the script on the normal horror movie. We're not going to have the damsel in distress. We're going to have the dude in distress. And for the most part, what we see, we see a lot of Freddy on screen, but I feel like what we're seeing is, a young man who is possessed by this dream demon guy to commit violent acts and murder upon the people around him so that he can take him over. That, that this is the part I wanted to ask you is what's Freddie's end game here? Because will he get to be corporeal again? If, you know, uh, Jesse kills
0: enough people or is it just for a few laughs? Cause he's, you know, been bored for five years. Well, to me, it seems like if he, it, it, as it progresses, he does kind of become more corporeal as Jesse falls further and further into the, you know, into, into Freddy's nightmare, right? Right. Uh, I, th- I think, I think the moment so. of, of mm-hmm. corporealism
1: is in Grady's room, like we talked about, which we'll talk about that scene because it's amazing. But
0: yeah. I, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Because he, uh, you know, Jesse basically ends up in a shell of Freddy, right? Now, I don't know. I think, for me, the whole point for Freddy is that he wanted to kill again. That's his M.O. He likes to kill. Um, so he had to find a way to be able to kill. And I guess maybe when Nancy turned her back on him, he lost all his dream power. So now he actually needs a physical presence to do it for him. <laughs> I don't hey. know.
1: Do you notice how they totally ignored that idea? Like there's no reference of Nancy's diary entry like tonight I'm going to turn my back on.
0: Like it well, may have been, but she didn't see it.
1: <laughs> well, even they realize like well that was, we don't need to remind people how bad that <laughs> ending was. Let's let's not do that. Let's let's try and do, you know, something that we'll just let it be that Nancy knows that I you know, I'm the one that's feeding him through my fears cuz that's a line that Lisa gets and that's how she figures out you know you got to stop being afraid of him and then i guess she does the love conquers all thing i had a uh, moment yeah, though I have, I have
0: problems with that but we'll get well
1: we're going to We're going to get there, but I just had this moment remembering the end of Buffy season six and a conversation we had a couple of years ago. We're going to come back to that though. So just just hold that (laughs) thought because now I know Joss Whedon totally ripped that off too. But anyway, uh, and he's probably in the first one, but let's talk about the opening of this though. The opening nightmare, you know, these movies open on a nightmare and I got to say, I loved the opening nightmare in the first movie. I thought it was creepy. It was unexplained. This one got a lot more details, but it's just as creepy and weird like the bus driver drives them off they're on suburbia and all of a sudden they're in the frigging grand canyon which (laughs) is is awesome and i love that it gets stuck on that one little piece and then freddie's coming back for you know the girls and and jesse in the back and he wakes up drenched in sweat and screaming i really like the opening nightmare
0: I thought it was pretty good too. It was, it was definitely interesting. Um, I I like how they went from the same, the same thing. They went from the, in the middle of town, suburban town and all of a sudden he just kind of goes off road and it's, you're in Cactusville and 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 (laughs) barren desert and boom. Yeah. I thought that was kind of, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I like the opening scene as well. I thought they did a good job with that, uh, introducing Freddy back into things and giving you kind of an idea of what we're going to see as far as people and who our uh, uh, main character is going to be right off the bat, which is nice. Because as you remember, mm-hmm. in the first Nightmare, we did not meet our main character um, right away.
1: Right, right. It opens up with the, the first kill, as it were. Let's do, what do you make of Jesse here and Mark Patton? There's a lot on the Internet written about this character and the characterization and what's going on here. But just looking at it again, and, and it's been a while since I had seen this one, too, watching it. I got to say, you know, he vacillates between overacting and doing it just enough to make this convincing in a lot of ways. I, I buy him as an angst-ridden teenager most of the time.
0: No, I agree. I think he did a pretty decent job with that. Uh, he sweats a lot. That's pretty weird. Um, <laughs> a lot. Now, hey,
1: look, D- dad keeps it hot in that house, man. Apparently.
0: So. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone keeps it that hot, but, uh, you know, I, I think, um, for me, I thought he did a, a decent job. I, I mean, he sold the, the, struggle that he was going through pretty well um the only thing i thought was funny was when he was he he and grady kept getting in trouble with the gym teacher because he was this really like 100 pounds soaking wet wimp and grady was this nice you know normal toned builder type guy and yet he was holding up his own with him it just seemed odd
1: i you know that is funny and i like got this feeling off of grady that like he could have been rod lane's younger brother or something like he even looks like the dude right he's got that dark hair and he's tan and he's you know yeah but on the other hand grady may be the best like nicest guy in the world because he takes a lot of crap from jesse and and he just tells him he's like dude i'm just i'm just messing with you and you know (laughs) i mean i I, you remember that like guys growing up like part of the way guys relate to each other is they just scrap with each other sometimes. It's just what you do. You know, you don't necessarily go out to, you know, really hurt each other, but you'll, you'll get into it with your buddy sometimes. And Grady even tells him sometimes like, I don't know, man, I was bored. You know, like he just, right. he's, just, he's just messing with him. And I, don't, I thought that was funny. And I, and I liked the Grady character, but I, I like Jesse here in in pieces and i think there's times when it's a little much it's a little over the top but my favorite thing is is his little sister who is like why can't jesse wake up like normal people <laughs> and, yes, that that's right. <laughs> and i was like that is hilarious you know because you get the you get a different family dynamic this time around too like the parents seem to be such a part of the story last time when we talked about that and here they seem to drop out of the story about two-thirds of the way through
0: well yeah, and basically, they're just setting up the fact that he is going through a rough time, and his parents aren't kind of oblivious to it, right, I mean, at least well, his dad is
1: they're the typical eighties after school special parents, right, like I want to <laughs> know what drugs you're on and who sold them to you son. That's all I want to know you know and and i I did get a kick out of like how leave it to beaver dad mom seemed to be, and how the rest of their house is very much not you know, Jesse's listening to cheesy new wave pop and he, he wears hip clothes and I mean he drives a junker car but he drives his own vehicle and right uh, which I mean rich girl Lisa doesn't even have a car so I mean that's that's kind of the cool thing I don't know I, I liked them but I sort of wondered if they just ran out of stuff to do with them or maybe the actors said i'm only doing this for like two weeks and (laughs) they went on to do other things they probably only had
0: two weeks to do it anyway
1: this is true they were doing they were doing this quickly you're right so and they're not the point the point is jesse and we get a great dream early where freddie peels his scalp back to show the pulsing brain it's the one thing i've always remembered about this movie from having seen it when i was younger and the whole we've got special work to do line and i i wrote that down and i was like well what work do you want him to do because this is the thing is that freddie never bothers to really explain what he wants it's i guess it's obvious that he wants he, he says a few times kill for me um yeah which which i did you know have flashbacks to halloween six kill for him danny kill for him you know and and all of that but i i don't know it just it, it sort of rang weird it's um because everything that Jesse does in here, everybody he goes after is someone in his life that in some way or another could have be seen as an adversary in some way, particularly the coach. Like that one makes, I mean, you, you want to see that guy get it.
0: <laughs> he's such a
1: jerk. I mean, that's what they're Jeez. setting up, right? And that's where the teenage werewolf thing comes in. It's like one of the guys that picks on, you know, Michael Landon ultimately gets it, you know, because he he can't control the werewolfness and all this stuff. But he he didn't just pick it randomly. It was a it was a target that meant something to him and all this. And I kind of felt
0: like the same thing was going on with Jesse here uh, early on. Well, let's talk a little bit about these the dream. You know, I, I wrote a few things down here. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, they did a really good job recreating that that outdoor um scene where he was r- walking around it looked a lot like when tina was out walking around um mm-hmm. so i thought that was w- done pretty well um i like that they showed um him go look in the ba- in the de- basement and there's freddie pulling his knives out of the out of the boiler or the the is it the boiler or fire it, it's the furnace was, the, the furnace. furnace yeah pulling it out of there i thought that was really cool Um, Prime
1: on for size. Yeah, yeah.
0: and the other thing I noticed, you know, besides Jesse sweating a lot, was um, Freddie's voice when he's talking. You've got the body, and I've got the brain. He sounds a lot like Jesse, the body Ventura.
1: Boy, I did not notice that. Oh my gosh, never caught that. See the body in this? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have never thought that. But that's a that's a great pull to think about. But yeah, Freddie does get a lot more talky. Yeah. this one. and we know like where the series is going that's going to be a, a hallmark of it going forward but they did give him actual lines and dialogue and stuff to do besides i'm going to kill you slow hey look at this you know th- last time he really didn't say much you know now you die and then he disappeared this time he's having whole dialogues with Jesse and he's this internal Thing, I guess that that we're supposed to see because everyone else, of course, can't see Freddy, but Jesse sees Freddy everywhere, yeah. and he and he's also having nightmares like in the daytime. You know, he's daydreaming, right? He's he's because he can't sleep at night. He's sleeping in class and like he dreams the boa constrictor in the science class mm-hmm. wraps around him, and then he wakes and up and was. the friggin snakes on him. Yeah, and I'm like, man, like Freddy is like screwing around and doing a lot of stuff in this one. It's
0: it's weird. And my thought was, is he just trying to drive Jesse crazy? Is that it? Well, I think that's part of it because he's got to get him, uh, in the right mindset to take over, right? I mean, you have to do something to... I guess you got to weaken him enough. He's got to make him believe, um, what he wants him to. So he's doing something. I I think it's kind of cool. So my question is, as, as we, we get, move into this movie a little more and Freddie starts attacking people, cause at this point he hasn't really attacked anyone per se. The coach is still alive yet. Um... As he keeps moving forward, is it Jesse committing these acts and are the people who are dying seeing Jesse do this or do they see Freddy? That's my thought is that the deaths that you see, the the attacks... Are Jesse
1: doing it? We, the audience, get to see Freddy because we know Freddy has possessed him, but yeah. it's actually Jesse. So let's talk about the, the coach thing, How that because that's the, that's the big kill that we can talk
0: about. This let's movie's... talk about the coach. This yeah, guy let's... has okay. got to have a lot of stroke with the school <laughs> because he is allowed <laughs> to punish these kids all freaking day. So well, yeah. enough to miss classes. Like, what the it hell? Is...
1: It is wild, right? Like, Grady and and Jesse get into a scrap during a softball game because they're jawing at each other. And it, it was actually kind of funny, you know, that whole heads up back and forth with them. And, the, you know, they're whipping each other. And so he makes them assume the position, which means, you know, do some push-ups in the dirt. It was more a plank. Yeah, like they were having to—yeah, they were planking all day. And so they were out there, and then he's like, hit the showers, and, you know— they they have to run the next day, you know. That's the next time you see him in gym class. They're running and all this stuff, and he clearly is is in for it. And Grady even says, you know, this guy's got it in for you or whatever. And he drops a line about the coach that the coach likes to go to those weird S and M places downtown and stuff. I didn't. And- I missed
0: that. Yes, he I, says I, I it
1: on the playground with you, basically. And yeah. because later on, when Jesse is doing one of this is after the Freddy peeled head dream. I think it's the next dream he has. He walks downtown into one of those bars barefoot, wearing a, you know, a nightshirt and jeans, basically, is all he's got on. He walks into that bar and it's the, you know, it's your typical leather bar. Portrayal, and he sits there and he's ordering a beer, which you know the guy didn't even bother to card him, right? And so one of those, I I guess you don't you don't ask any questions if you're working that bar, right? (laughs) And so Jesse's about to drink that up, and then the coach slams his fist down next to him, is like, "Okay, come with me," and he makes him run laps around the gym barefoot while he's still in like full leather gear.
0: Oh yeah, that (laughs) that was okay. So I wish I would have heard the S and M line. Because it would have made a whole lot more sense to me when that happened. Because when that happened, I was just like, what in the hell?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If you miss that line, I can understand why you would be confused. (laughs) And maybe as a young kid, I didn't know what that was. And so I didn't understand what was happening here either, other than the gym teacher was making him run. (laughs) And
0: yeah, my note from the gym teacher was these guys are planking so much. They should have six packs. (laughs) <laughs> i mean seriously <laughs> well they both are pretty well built they're kind of wiry and, but and they're let's built, just so. let's just talk mm-hmm. about the name of, of the of the s place did you catch it no what is dom's place oh <laughs> <That's> nice <awesome. laughs> that is awesome i wrote in my notes because i missed that whole line they wrote dom's place sounds classy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no not not quite
1: yeah. so as Jesse is in the showers, right, the so, coach is like cleaning up his office and straightening stuff up, and the balls start to attack
0: him yeah, from, no, and you can see the air cannons behind them shooting them out. It was awesome. Can I just ask one question? Yeah, what kind of jurisdiction does the coach have at the at the uh, the Dominator Bar? <laughs> he must be like enforcer. If or I'm something, Jesse, so. am I caring what the hell he says? Am I gonna run laps because my coach told me to? I,
1: I took that completely as you—you you encounter an authority figure, you uh. do what the authority figure said, Look, Jesse is not a rebel. That's the thing. They paint him as this—he's this rebellious teenager—and he's really not. He is possessed by Freddy, and he's screwed up by the whole that whole experience. And that's why he's doing what he's doing but it's not because he's a bad kid it's not like you know he got the bad kid and turned him bad this he's a good kid so i don't know i thought it was i thought it was funny but the the coach gets attacked by all the stuff and then he gets wrapped up by the jump ropes yeah as all the shower heads are coming on strapped up to the side of it and he gets cut to ribbons by freddie well he gets whipped first by a towel yeah yeah, he gets whipped by towels to the point that he is bleeding from the backside. I'm like, yeah. that's a heck of a whip with the towel. And hey, those then... wet towels hurt, man. I I am glad I
0: don't know that. Yeah. So, um,
1: but you don't one go of the, to
0: Dom's place.
1: No, I don't. One of the advantages of being tall and <laughs> in high school is people just assumed that they shouldn't mess with you. And I was also friends with like all the the tough football players. And I'm going to tell you, you just be friends with everybody, folks. It pays off in a lot of ways. Probably kept me from a lot of bullying that I probably deserved. But anyway, <laughs> the coach gets whipped, and then he gets cut up by the Freddie glove. Uh, and he's dead, and we see we see Freddie do it on screen, but when it pans away, it's Jesse standing there can, can I you just, know, covered
0: in blood and the glove, and he's just screaming his head off. Can I just... Uh, he's not screaming at first. At first, he's looking very confused, and yeah. like he was watching this the whole time, like, what? What's going on? And not doing a thing. And I think that's what we're to led to believe, is that he thinks he just watched this, and oh, then yeah? realizes he did. It was crazy. But you're right. Yeah, he's covered in blood. And uh, of course, the next scene that we get is he's being dropped back off at his his house by the cops who have, who have right you know, been there. Now, how, he, why they didn't arrest his ass? Not quite sure.
1: He was walking naked, and they they found a miner walking naked. He told them where they lived, and they just took him back I, home. I and they said, it "Keep a short that He was leash in the showers, him. you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he no, they found him on the road, like no, on I the know, highway. got all the blood right? off. Yeah. Right yeah that's what i'm saying like he you know, the rain and the shower had washed off all the blood so he just looked like he was strung out on something. Because at this point, and this is one of the best things in the film, is they do a good job of sh- kind of showing you Jesse go downhill as he gets less and less sleep and he's tormented by these nightmares and stuff, the dark mm-hmm. circles and he starts to look, you know, he starts, you know, over indulging in caffeine and stuff. They did do stuff. a good job with
0: that. They made him look really exhausted and tired. Yeah. the they the makeup did with Nancy, I don't
1: think. No, they didn't. The, the makeup worked much better on him and, and so it was an upgrade for sure. Maybe the budget helped with that. It was a, it was a doubling of the budget you know more than doubling really but no they i thought they did well with that but i liked the fact of how his parents reacted this because they have two totally different reactions you know mom is very nurturing like let me just take care of you you know we'll figure it out in the morning and dad's like i just got got two questions for you son he like brushes his hair off of his face (laughs) like he's trying to relate to him this is after he's been a total dick to him like three or four times and and then he says uh you know what drugs are you on (laughs) who'd you get them from You know, and um, and I thought, well, what are you going to do? Go over to their house and talk to their parents. I mean, I guess it was the the eighties and what people did, but it it was funny to me. I actually laughed at it.
0: Well, and it's even better the next day because the, he's out there actually finally taking the bars off the windows that um, Nancy's mom had put up in the first episode. I thought that was kind of a fun little. Well, yeah, it looks there. like
1: he was looked like he was putting them back up. No, no, he's <laughs> was
0: actually removing them because they were already <laughs> oh, on Oh, wow. House. So he oh. was removing the bars from the windows, and uh, he, uh, Jesse comes out to go to school, and the, uh, the mom makes a comment, uh, that boy needs something. I can't remember what it was. And the, the father says, no, he needs a methadone clinic. Now, a methadone <laughs> clinic is for people who are heroin addicts, trying to get off heroin and they use methadone because it has the same synthetic makeup, but doesn't give you the high. Very interesting. Gotta love dad. He's automatically thinking drugs. You know, it's, it's always the drugs, not just but drugs, like, heroin, heroin. Yeah. Hard like drugs, hardcore, drug.
1: hard-core dr- Like he's hanging out with Motley crew backstage at this point exactly. you know, at 85. Yeah. He would have been one of the
0: roadies at that and point. Nikki six uh, is shooting him up
1: point being he rolls into school and of course he has no idea what's going down and Grady meets him and is like Snyder got wasted and I just laughed at that line I was like yes it is so this movie is so 80s it hurts sometimes and that line is great he's like what he's like yeah man he got killed and of course Jesse is freaking out because he's like that look on his face is like oh wow that wasn't just a dream that and happens, we don't even get yeah. to yeah we don't even get to see him tell lisa we just see her reaction to it later like well just because you dreamed it doesn't mean that you know you did it or something like that and he's like no you don't understand i was there and it, this is when you start to really either you're going to get on jesse's side or you're not because even the girl who wants to be on his side and of course his goofy friend who, who's you know too dumb to really know what's going on most of the time <laughs> even the girl like can't figure out what he's talking about and he feels so isolated and I I don't know I like the vulnerability that that shows because Freddie is winning at this point that this is the thing is that most of these slasher films operate with the guy behind a tree or in the shadows or something like that not someone pressing an agenda Freddie's moving an agenda for, like no i 'm going to isolate this guy i 'm going to tear him down, and then i'm going to emerge through him or whatever and yeah. I, I thought you know it's it's smarter than your average slasher film that 's what i'm saying
0: no i don't disagree and and at this point, I think we do need to start talking about Lisa because we kind of been brushing her in here and there, but she um obviously is the girlfriend of Jesse, or wants to be the girlfriend of Jesse. I don't know that they officially were at the beginning, but right. uh, the, she's the one who wants to be the girlfriend. She f- uh, happens to find uh, Je- uh, Nancy's diary when she comes over. They were supposed to go out, and Dad made him go clean out his room because um, he hadn't unpacked yet, which right. I thought was a very 80s scene taken right out of uh, <laughs> risky business or something. Or as fa- he's Ferris Bueller, one of yeah, those. Uh, yeah. Unpacking his room, turns on the horrible 80s song and just starts uh doing some dancing while he's unpacking anyway so lisa comes over to help unpack because they were supposed to go out and obviously he never showed and didn't bother calling her to let her know so she just shows up at his house (laughs) and uh, comes to help and she ends up finding nancy's diary and so they're sitting there looking through it and she he, he she starts reading from it and that's when jesse realizes that Nancy has ha- had the same nightmares that he's having, and they put two, he puts two and two together. And so he starts reading some more of it, and then she ends up taking the diary home and actually reading it and learning a little bit more about what happened in that house yeah. and all that stuff. And, and I do like Look, the fact that. The house was sold at a good price because of the <laughs> events that happened five years earlier, and none of the family knew about it except for dad.
1: <laughs> of course not. Wow, Cheryl, how do you think we got such a good deal on the place? <laughs> no, I, lo- no, I love that, though, that like there's actual websites now where like you can see real estate listed as murder houses, you oh, know, yeah, and they, they are to. all substantially discounted. They have to <laughs> yeah.
0: disclose that.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, it's it's wild to think about. But I love that as a conceit. Here's the one thing I have a problem with, though, that starts to bother me about this film and what it's trying to do. I didn't think that the house was that important. I thought it was the fact that Nancy was one of many of the younger children of the parents who killed him, who he had killed their other children along the way. I didn't think that the house held power or anything and i kind of felt like the movie was trying to tell me because nancy defeated him in the house he's still trapped in the house somewhere Hmm, i kind of felt weird i kind of felt weird about that and i was like i I was gonna see if you thought that about it if that's what the movie was trying to tell us i kind of feel like they were trying to do that but you're saying no
0: no so up until this point my thought was is that based on the events that happened in the first film and everything else that somehow freddie was killed in that house even though they kind of told us that they burned his lab or whatever um it just felt like that and then of course when we get to the factory we find out that that blows that theory out of the water so the house doesn't make any sense to me why it matters about the house but that's kind of where they put their eggs in this one and and Uh who moves in there maybe that is the reason maybe because she turned her back in the house and he dissipated he's stuck there i i it's something I that's feel, not explained, and it seems. Kind yeah, of odd.
1: let's hang on to that, and if that comes up in a, in a future sequel, we can come back to it. But I want to tell you, I think that's the wrong motivation. I think the idea of when Absolutely. you've got a guy, when you've got a guy that can inhabit you in the dreams, the worst thing to do is confine him to something. I, I and, and if I understand you're confine
0: from, him anywhere. That factory is the place to confine him. Right? Yeah. Can we
1: talk about that just for a second? Yes. That factory set is the most amazing set in this film. That was so well done. I loved everything about that. All the fact that it was like a catacomb to walk through for her at the end and all these different places to go. That factory was awesome. That was a way better set. Jesse's house, Lisa's house, not Lisa's house, Jesse's house and Nancy's house. Who gives a rip? The factory
0: is what they should go with. Uh, We're in agreement on that. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, that makes the perfect sense. If that's where he was killed, number one, that's where his spirit should be. Right. And number two, that place was so important because that's where he kidnapped and killed the 20 kids. Exactly. Yes, because they do drop that 20 kids thing again. And I'm like, okay,
1: we've given him a specific body count. And so I've kind of wondered, I'm like, are we ever going to get to see in Freddy when he was killing these 20 kids? Not that I want to see kids killed, but I'm like, are they ever going to tell that you know good backstory? And spoiler alert, no. So, you know, we'll... Never get that, but they drop that again because it really all Lisa is to do for so much of this film. As much as she's supposed to be would be girlfriend and all this stuff, she really is the exposition of the film because Jesse's going crazy. So he can't explain anything to us. We just have to watch him go through it. She reads the diary. She figures it out. She pulls stuff up from the newspaper and, you know, takes Jesse to the, the place and to show him that Freddie's really dead and all this. And so what I, what I think is interesting is that there is like nothing except rumors about the girl that lived there before. And I love how they explain away the first part, the mother killed herself on the couch and locked the daughter upstairs. You remember the last, one of the last scenes we got in that last movie was the mother locking up the doors and all that. And basically bolting Nancy inside of it. And that's where everything went down at the end. And I love that that had become the accepted way that that last one went down and that they do talk about Glenn getting killed across the street, but they don't bother to explain. He turned into a gusher of blood.
0: <laughs> well, why would they? <laughs> right. Because well, they can't, right? The like like blood.
1: Yeah. yeah. He just turned into that somehow.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like that. That the, they're referencing back to that. And, and it, you know, it makes sense that that's how it was because we, don't realize at the end of the first film that it's a dream again, right? So it looks like everyone's alive again and everything's happy, but at last we saw, mommy was dead, she was locked in her room, blah, 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 right? That's how we saw it last before the next dream sequence begins and we don't know what the hell happens after. Right, exactly. Because (laughs) Because I don't go back to it other than five years ago, this happened. Right.
1: Yeah, they've, they've moved it forward for that and that's what we we get out of it as far as lisa goes though just for a minute here i don't know kim myers from anything else i i think i've seen her in other stuff but i just never recognized her but she comes off so much like meryl streep you know like like a younger version of this at least who she looks like i don't know if she's intending to but she kind of comes off that way and I, I don't know i didn't dislike her as far as her movie girlfriends go i thought she was okay um i really hate that they essentially boil her down to just whimpering and crying. And, well, she's not a pretty crier, by the way. And none of us really are, but she really isn't a pretty crier. And they, <laughs> they get her to just boiling down to, you know, I love you, just," And that she's just a puddle of mascara at the end of this. I do think her oh, she and the she's parents. die for one. Well. I
0: guess. (laughs) I'm saying you can tell what I was paying attention to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, you can tell what I'm sitting here paying attention to at that point, (laughs) but we'll, we'll get to her though. Okay. So I, I do like that we, we get all this Freddy origin stuff or whatever, but Lisa's got this pool party going on, right? And it it may be the lamest pool party ever because dad's out there with, like, some Lawrence Welk music, right, and flipping burgers, and everybody's <laughs> like, yeah. And they're, like, then does mom, like, take him off upstairs to get drunk and fool around or something uh, like yeah. that? Huh, that was,
0: I, she says it's time to go upstairs, and he gives the oh, yeah, baby. I think she calls him like Bronco or
1: something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I was like, I don't
0: know what's going on at Lisa's <laughs> house, but that is really disturbing. It's her time. Everyone's occupied with the party. It's her time to get her fuck on, you know? <laughs> I didn't realize it got planned out like that. That's the okay. point.
1: So you can I totally so. tell by
0: her language and everything she does, and, and by his reaction. <laughs> I guess
1: so, because he goes for it and, you know, he's drinking Absolutely. a scotch as they're laying down together while the kids are partying it up. So because uh, yeah. I love that the kids like immediately turn on the bad music and start right? like,
0: how stupid is that? The lights go out. <laughs> yeah, big roar. Yeah. They're not going to hear it. But, you know, mom has what mom but they, has. They pay, they pay that off, though, because no, like the dad's her, like, mom has a vision they and she's not mm-hmm. going to let daddy get upset about it. <laughs>
1: no, she's geez. getting
0: hurt. She's getting laid. Yeah, whether I guess he, mom plans this out. Oh, so whether he
1: whether he wants it or not, absolutely, <laughs> it's happening. But That's uh, right. but anyway, Jesse is like ready to peace out the party because he's he's not feeling it, right? And so Lisa goes to see him in the cabana, and they start going hot and heavy here, right? And we do this thing. Freddie's got this tongue thing. You know, he did the tongue <laughs> Which, to by the way. Phone. could have helped him quite well. <laughs> well, I'm not even going there. The, 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 uh, you know, the last movie, the, the tongue came out the phone at Nancy. And then yep. this time, while he's kissing down Lisa's torso and, and towards other places, this huge tongue just, Sort of falls out of his mouth for her. <laughs> and she doesn't even open her eyes up, anything. He's like, she's like just going for it, right? And he's like, Um, excuse me, I'm gonna to have to bail now. <laughs> yeah, I love like he, right? <laughs> yeah, he's gone at that point, right? And he goes to Grady's, right? And yeah. they have this wonderful exchange. <laughs> I, you know, somebody's trying to get me. You know, he's—I'm being possessed. He's gonna—he's gonna take me out. You know, and Grady's like, "Yeah, somebody wants you, all right." And she's in a cabana, and you want to hang out with me?
0: Exactly. So. And <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a second. How does Grady know she's in the cabana?
1: Because so Jesse tells him, he oh, okay. he tells him it was starting to happen Got again it. in the cabana with Lisa, and he looks at him like, you left the cabana with Lisa to come over here and tell me this? Like, he <laughs> gives him a look. So there is yeah, a lot about nuts. it. Yeah. But what we get, though, is the best special effect in the film. Jesse falls asleep, and Grady turns out the lights, you know, or whatever, and as Jesse's asleep on this chair over the side, he starts to feel Freddy coming on again or whatever, right? And he, it basically, you know, they, they build him on to the wall and Freddy tears his way out of Jesse before he goes and kills Grady. And the thing is, what, you know, it's like the last it's movie. Like you, you see, you see the effect of the kill later, but you don't see the kill happen. But what's, is the seller is the way he tears through out of the Jesse. You know, skin. That yeah, it was very alien. It was thing. It was you know, American Werewolf in London. I mean, it's been done a lot of ways, but I'll say this: it's the most effective special effect in this movie.
0: Yeah, they did a good job with it, and I like how the the face, the facial image comes out of the skin and everything. They, I thought they did a really good job with this. And what I really like too was as this is all going on and he's screaming, right? The parents are trying to get in, they're locked out, they can't open the door. To get into the room right. while all this is happening. Um, it was just a, it was well done without actually showing any gratuity on it. Uh, they, they are any graphics. Um, they really did a good job painting a frightening Look. picture.
1: Oh, look, you hear him getting torn apart in there and then you see the aftermath of it. I mean, what you see are knife fingers coming through the door and then Grady's bloody body after it's it's all over. Right. But it tells us something, too, about Freddy. And it, it is a bit of a horror movie convention. But when he's going to get the kill on or whatever, he can keep the room like bulged in he keeps it locked like that door is buckling and all kinds of stuff but they can't get it open and they have no idea what is
0: happening it's yeah. it's a effective sequence in terms of like being scary actually and then the part that really pissed me off <laughs> 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 freddie just goes and jumps out the window yeah that was a bit of an anti i was like what right? the hell but then yeah it, it gets paid off afterwards but at the at, when mm-hmm. that first happened i'm like why wouldn't he stick around and kill some more people? Why would he just bail? Hey, well, like, what are they going to do to him?
1: <laughs> well, what what we know is that he's not interested at all in Grady's parents. So, Obviously, yeah,
0: yeah. or the maybe kill... he's afraid of them because they were part of the group that killed him. Who knows? Maybe
1: so. We don't know. We don't know. But he shows back up at the at the party, right? Yeah, and and then and my all... notes are oh, that's more like it. <laughs> yeah, all heck breaks loose at the at the party, right? We, you know, he's turning over the grill, lighting stuff on fire. There's heating people getting up the cut pool. left and right. Yeah, heating up the pool, people getting cut up left and right. You're all my children now. That's a great and line. Then by we the way. get the
0: dude who thinks he's <laughs> he can solve all problems. The negotiator. Cool, man. Just chill out, man. We could we we could work this out. What the hell, dude?
1: <laughs> well, but but what? Help yourself, and he just gets cut to pieces, right? I mean, yeah, that. It, but again, that's that's an archetype of the time that horror movie audiences would have been like, yeah, that guy should buy it because that I know that guy; he's my council president or whatever, and I hate him, you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what it seems like. It's going on. The, the thing anything. about this that 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 blows my mind is like Freddy has the opportunity to kill everybody here but what interrupts him dad lisa's dad runs out there with a shotgun because we didn't talk about it. like he's chased lisa through the house at this point right and and, you know he's he's come after her a bunch and then you know he's out there at the party goers dad comes up with a shotgun and lisa stops dad from shooting freddie
0: which and he runs off at that point that everyone sees jesse not freddie
1: See, that's what I was wondering, because at that point, we see the point of view of a lot of characters and they're showing as Freddy. It's a mistake in the film. It's one of those things they they needed to have a shot where just one angle of it was it was Mark Patton with that glove on. Yeah. Right. Because then that would have sold that. But they didn't do that. So I'm confused. That's what I'm saying. Like, this has got potential, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Because why would she stop her
0: dad from shooting him if it wasn't Jesse? Right. Exactly. Well,
1: unless she knows that Jesse's been inhabited by him, like well, no, he comes when when he comes. well, she does though, because when he comes back to the house, you know, Jesse comes back to the house in Jesse form, covered in blood, and says, I killed Grady. I've oh, seen it yeah, happen yeah. and then then Freddie emerges from him again. Not nearly as cool the second time around because they've already blown that effect, so why do it twice? <laughs> but they they've done that, you know, so she's seen it happen now.
0: Okay. So she knows that what he's well, been saying be... is true. So maybe yeah. they all do see Freddie. I don't know. To me it'd be a lot yeah. cooler if they they saw Jesse instead of Freddie. You know, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I would have been better if if it was a she had heard, thing. like she, maybe
1: Jesse had run into the house or something, and she, you know, thought um, she was just talking to him through a door or something, and then Freddie comes out the door at her, you know. But it, or if they did cut back and forth like we're talking about, much smarter version of this script
0: uh, uh, than To Sarah me, it would so. make some sense that she could see him as Freddie because she knows all the details right. about him and all that. But everyone else, I think, would probably see him as Jesse. I don't know.
1: I would think so. If they if they were playing it fully for that, but they're
0: not because, look, they know
1: our star again is Robert England. It's Freddie. We've got to get him out here. And so he's loose now at this point and he's on his way. And Lisa goes back to the source of. Freddie's Death, the big boiler room. And we talked about that set already and how great it looked. How about those freaky dogs with, like, those faces on them? Yeah, what the hell was awesome. that, man? Yeah. That, I, I felt like I was watching a Rob Zombie music video or something. Like, that yeah. was just creepy.
0: <laughs> I put down that they were pretty wicked cool dogs. <laughs> Wouldn't mind having those as my guard dogs. I'll tell you that. Although (laughs) they did do a very good job guarding the place, they just barked. I was going to say (laughs) they just look weird, but like you know,
1: she's being infected at that point too because she's got a cut on her leg at that point. Yeah, and it looks maggot infested, and then it's not. You know, and all this stuff, and so Freddie's messing with her too.
0: Obviously, it's a magical place right now, right? There's a lot of things that go on. He's got power to make you see things that aren't there. That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's all shape shifting and illusions with Freddy for the most part, and, until he gets down to those knives, which are most assuredly not fake. Yeah, you know. But yeah, no. But he's messing with her again. Because we talked about it last time. Freddy will play with his food, you know, and he doesn't right. mind doing that and and goofing around with her like that. And I kind of like that they were setting up here. But what they set up for Brian, I have to say, Blech. this is awful. Okay, we talked about. It. I teased it earlier. Okay. I am on record if you've listened to The Art of Slaying, the Buffy Vampire Slayer podcast, all seven seasons, by the way, still available out there. So listen to it if you want to. But I was not a fan of season six, and I particularly hated that at the end of season six, spoiler alert, the big bad or bad moment or whatever gets conquered by somebody telling somebody else that they love them over and over and over again and that's basically what happens here except she makes out with him too and then he starts I, oh, to cross yeah
0: I don't want to rehash the argument about the big bad of season 6 because we disagree wholeheartedly <laughs> on that it was not Indeed. Willow Um, that wasn't the big bad whatever we'll move on but I get your, your coincidence here with what's going on with Freddy I hate how they did this I mean f- what does Freddy give a rat's ass about love for Right, what, he, he was He's a sadistic murder. child murderer. Yes, yes. so the fa- and and, and oh, it just drove me nuts because you could see Robert. I, Robert Eggers played it well. The expressions on his face, like "oh crap, something's happening." I, I just hated it. I didn't like how it was. I would have rather her try to get Jesse to come out. Just. Jesse, you can beat him. You can fight him. Fight him. Well, Come out. Here's
1: the him. thing. She's done that and he's lost. So
0: but when she professes her love to him. Just because him, you well, failed once doesn't mean you don't mm-hmm. keep trying. The well, love know, thing, but- having love be part of the solution is fine, but not the actual way, <laughs> the answer. Like, <laughs>
1: I, I uh. feel like, and I don't have proof of this again, but I feel like they were near the end of production. They, the you know, the budget again was was more, but it wasn't everything. They didn't have you know every resource available, and they were running out of time and money. And they probably looked at that and said, eh, "It's not the greatest ending, but ah, eh, who cares? We're going to tag a nightmare on the end of this anyway."
0: I, I feel I, like I, they, I, I think that they were going this route all along. The way they set up Jesse and Lisa's relationship, I, okay. To me, it's just, I. It, I would have much rather her motivated him to fight against Freddy and get his life back than to sit there and be like, I love you. I love you and cower in the corner. (laughs) And suddenly, all of a sudden, Freddy bursts because love kills him. We
1: get the reverse of what happened in Grady's room 20 minutes before. We get Jesse, who's still inside of there. I know there's good in you, Father. You know, there's our Star Wars reference here. Yeah. And he breaks out from well, beneath because she's able to, to relate to him
0: and he's able to defeat Freddy that way. But I don't think he breaks out. I think that Freddy crumbles and he just comes out of the shell. Well,
1: yeah, he's what's left on the floor. Right. You're
0: right. He doesn't break
1: out. He is what's left on the floor. It, and- to
0: me, it's almost like he wasn't even bothering to try. She just somehow conquered Freddy, and Freddy dissipated, and then he's out. It's so, to me, anticlimactic and and just the well, wrong move. But
1: here's the thing. I, I do think they try to fix this if you will or maybe this was the plan all along was well it's going to end the same way the first one did we're going to end on a nightmare again and what you realize that well the possession angle didn't work for freddie so now he's just going back to the old way of doing it which is driving people crazy through their nightmares and maybe he's going to kill them all on the bus now because that second bus ride it comes out of nowhere really it should be telegraphed to you though because jesse has a car he drives. Yeah. He doesn't ride the bus except in the dream. Well, so when he gets back, maybe at the one deadly in the end, dinosaur's dead. <laughs> I don't. It seemed to be running pretty good for Lisa. She parked it out in front of the <laughs> you know uh, burnout uh, warehouse or whatever. But yeah. yeah, no, I I thought they tried to fix something that maybe they didn't like about the end with this ending, but. I'm going to tell you now, I don't think it works. I think this ending feels like, let's do that thing at the end of the last one again, because that's just what we need to do. Yeah, because we need to end it the same way. It's just keep a theme going, right? I guess I, I, don't I mean know. what is the theme is that My, the, you never you never can defeat the bad guy because that gets old if you if you tell me like growing up playing video games and stuff if you could never beat it then what did you do yeah you quit playing it <laughs> you yeah, know you just true, moved man. on and that I kind of feel like this franchise is doing that to me maybe that's you know at the time when I would have seen this it would have been what 1986 87 on video I was maybe 10 or so so i I would have been in that that age range of stuff like you yeah, know I'm kind of done with that I'm gonna move on do something else for a little while until I can figure out how to get ET home or what the heck my was doing.
0: Well, any time that your movie franchise has multiple, multiple movies and the and the bad guy is killed in every freaking one of them, you just know that he's not dead, right? I mean, well, right. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we
1: already talked about the thing that was different with this one was he starts out dead. He's always dead. Like, Freddy yeah, is yeah. dead. So it's, it's more of a matter, can you defeat him? Can yeah. you get past him? Can you survive? And the ending of these first two movies is to lead us to believe that even if you survive the worst part of it,
0: well, he's just going to come back and get you again. You know, yeah. that there's no yeah. getting away. It's true. I mean, when you have seven films, <laughs> you know he's coming <laughs> back every time. But it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it, They're, it, they're going to bring it out. The question yeah. at the end of this film <laughs> was why Jesse was not in jail. I know. You I can don't link know. Them to every one of those mm-hmm. deaths.
1: <laughs> Again, the end of the movie, though, if the end of the movie is a dream, is a nightmare, if you will. Then maybe that's his nightmare from prison. I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's all Lisa's what, nightmare. Maybe it, maybe it is. Yeah, you might as well have been for the yeah. way that they sold it, because they don't explain it. That's the thing. This movie, his third act, doesn't explain enough, and that's that. Yeah, I think it drags it down. At least it does. It for does. Me. Yeah. We're at the point of the podcast where it's time to get final thoughts, recommendations, popcorn ratings. So what are yours for Nightmare on Elm Street 2,
0: Freddy's Revenge? You know, Jay, I I actually didn't mind watching this film. Um, I remember it wasn't one of the better of the Freddy movies, but I didn't ever feel like I wanted to turn it off. And that's a good thing. Um, I thought it flowed fairly decently yeah the ending was stupid but i like the idea that they went with that freddy is trying to take over a corporeal body to do his bidding i think that's a a decent uh plot to go with more so than killing people in their nightmares right i mean it seems kind of odd but this seems a little better like he's a spirit trying to get you to do his work i like the concept i thought they hit on a bunch of things and i thought they missed on a bunch of things but overall, I was at least entertained by the movie. So for me, I'm actually going to give it a medium popcorn. I think it's not as bad as people may think or remember. And it'd be worth watching if you wanted to.
1: I think this movie has gained a better status in recent years with people, as people have revisited it. Because you're saying what what I want to say, too, in summation. The concept here is really good. It's a great idea. It's not always executed at the best way like in some ways I almost wish we could get another shot at this idea with Freddy I don't think they'll ever go back to it again but I like the idea of Freddy as a possession angle and and playing it that way. And that everything that the guy does and everyone he kills and stuff is some sort of a manifestation of things he's already shown you. That's the I was a teenage werewolf thing. They found a a young man with violent tendencies and they turned him into a werewolf. And he did exactly what they thought he would do, which was go and kill a lot of people. And they had to put him down at the end. And I thought this movie wanted to be that. And then it just shot away at the end. The ending of this one is so clunky that I, it just bugs me because it could be so much more. And I'm going to give it medium popcorn too. It's worth watching. Yes. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination it's okay it's not bad but i think if you're really watching this you're gonna find yourself a tad frustrated with it because of its potential yeah you know oftentimes i'll give movies a medium popcorn because they look good enough and they work well enough and the concept's there but they just don't execute it the right way i feel the same way about this one like the idea is great they just screw it up like they just didn't get it outright. it wasn't fully baked maybe they were in a rush you know probably was but i do know this they go away from almost everything about this one going forward like there's almost nothing that gets held on to in the future of the series so even they thought at new line and eh, we don't need to follow up on this and uh again it turned me off of the freddie franchise for a long time because i don't think i understood it when i saw it as a younger kid and it, I don't think I really understood it uh, until a few viewings. I think this is the kind of film you, you got to watch a few times to really get. And in the horror world, that's not something people do. People do review, repeat viewings, not so they can think more about it, just because it, it's fun to watch. So I think that's why this one didn't uh, launch a, you know, a new string of things for Freddy.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jay.
1: Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com slash movies. Of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective where you can go and listen to Brian and I Mostly agree about Buffy, but totally disagree in Season 6 if you want to, as we've, we've already talked about. Uh, again, on our website, ContinuousPlayPodcast.com, just look for the link that says Buffy. Again, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell other people about it. We appreciate your support. We'll be back for a Nightmare on Street 3 Dream Warriors yes. next time with Brian's least favorite band, Dokken, uh, <laughs> bringing, uh, bringing a theme song to us. But until that time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Trip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com forward slash movies. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and link up with us on Facebook. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121.